Five o'clock on the Blitz. Work is over. It's time to let that bird fly. Free that bird, boys. Tulsa, happy Monday. It is another episode of the show here on the Blitz 1170. And as always, we are streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. My name is Colby Daniels, along with Jeremy Poplin and Scott File in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio. We say hello to John Holcomb. John, hope you had a great weekend. Hope the travel wasn't too much of a problem for you. Uh, I can't wait to hear the travel story as uh, we found out Friday things were delayed. But how was the weekend? <laughs> you took the words right out of my mouth. Oh, man. You know, I, there, there were some, and maybe you guys were a part of this. I can't remember. I got so many text messages. But there are some who believe that Texas Tech and Iowa State should both be given to the Mountain West. <laughs> and, listen, I've got friends in both of those areas, but um, I, so I wouldn't wish that on them. <laughs> but after this past week, my goodness, yeah, it it was uh, it was something. There, you know, we I started over to catch the scheduled flight Friday afternoon, and by the time I got to the edge of uh, Sand Springs, Dave Hunziker had called me and said, uh, "Hey, we're not going out tonight. We're going out early in the morning." And I thought, okay, well, this is the new normal. Travel on game day, Big 12 road games for basketball. And uh, I, I went ahead because we were meeting, we were leaving Gallagher-Iowa in a bus to go to Oklahoma City to catch the flight, and we were leaving Gallagher-Iowa Saturday morning at 6.30. So I'm not much of a morning person to begin with, so I went over and spent Friday night in Stillwater so I'd at least be there. And so we get on the bus, and we make it to the charter terminal over at Will Rogers airport in Oklahoma City and we wait and we wait and there's a big plane sitting on the tarmac and we're still waiting and it's our plane and we're still waiting and finally the pilot comes in to tell us and whenever the pilot comes out of the plane to come in and tell you what's going on it's usually not hey where are you guys we're ready to go so it was uh it was the the plane was grounded because of a faulty stabilizer which the irony in that which is what this young team needs is some 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 sort of stabilizing force and you can't even get it on your plane um and then so we sit and wait because they have to scramble to find some other in the charter company this plane that was taking us was also supposed to take two or three other teams over the weekend, and they had all the logistics figured out, but now they don't have another one that's available. And so the kudos to Nelson Hernandez, the basketball ops guy, and, of course, Marty Sargent, who's handled travel for OSU for years. They're scrambling like crazy. Conference calls between Iowa State, Jamie Pollard, other Iowa State officials with Brett Yormark got involved from the Big 12 office, the commissioner, about how are we going to work this out. Once we thought we had a plane, they did find a plane. It was a more of a regional jet, so the 40-person travel party had to trim to 30, and Dave and I made the cut, which we thought, well, okay. Well, you can't keep a guy who's just broadcast his 1,000th game off of <laughs> off of that. So uh, we end up on the, uh, the, the regional jet, but we don't leave until, oh, gosh, um, close to two, maybe, 
and the you know the game was scheduled to start at five. Then those negotiations on the tip time. And from my understanding, we OSU wanted eight o'clock. Iowa State wanted six o'clock. Then it was negotiated to about seven fifteen. We land in Des Moines. There is snow blowing all over the place. It's not snowing at the time, although we we're in a holding pattern going into Des Moines because a little cell of snow had come through again, like they needed more of it. There's snow drifts everywhere. But we land, get on the bus, make it to Ames, and I got, you know, they know how to handle stuff up there because I-35 was clean and everything else wasn't. Make it to the team hotel at about 4.15, 4.20 for a 7.15 tip and quickly got a little pregame meal Stayed there maybe 20 to 30 minutes and then headed to the arena. And they didn't even have full staff at the arena because of all the weather issues there. But they still had more than about 5,000 people show up. Get off to a great start. And then, you know, Iowa State kind of flipped a switch just like Texas Tech did. It was uh, a rough night from, from that point forward. We were chatting earlier. When you go and you look at the game itself... I was having a difficult time. There's nothing worse than travel conditions that are just completely out of your control. And I do think that everything that happened to you guys and to the basketball team plays a role in how you react in a game like that. But where I tend to waver just a bit, John, is the fact that we've seen this before with this team, almost to a T with what happened to them. But what, almost a six-and-a-half-minute stretch there after they had a good lead where they didn't score. Then the turnovers are happening. You're not hitting shots anyway, which maybe is a part of the actual travel schedule. But it's it's why I can't necessarily put everything that happened travel-wise on, on the shoulders of the team with the way that they played because we've seen this before a number of times written out almost the exact same way. They've had issues imposing their will on opponents who have stepped up defensively. And it really was borne out Saturday, even more so than Tuesday, because Tuesday it was their own defense that was having issues shutting down Pop Isaacs and, you know, the rest of the Texas Tech attack. On Saturday it was just it was it was disappointing, especially after you started pretty well, because then you just allowed Iowa State to dictate everything. And when you combine that with some soft turnovers, just, you know, some inexplicable turnovers, and that's how you get to where you got at the end. I, yeah, there's no one out there on in that travel party that was saying, well, you know, play it if we came in last night and see what happens. Well, yeah, I mean, a little bit, but not that. that's not that's not where the blame lies. Yeah. And, you know, the travel issues extended into yesterday because we found out during the game, which we thought was probably going to be the case, of course, nobody really packed for an overnight <laughs> stay. Of course. And then all of a sudden you're stuck with uh, knowing during the game that we aren't going to be able to get back after the game that night. So uh, a night in the hotel where we were for just a few minutes in the afternoon. And thank goodness the uh, the front desk had uh, what seemed like an endless supply of toothbrushes and toothpaste. So got through it, and then the delay on Sunday to be able to get the plane that took us out there, which had already flown to the East Coast because of another flight. And the original idea was, well, they're going to allow the players to sleep in a little bit 
and get back, you know, maybe fly out, you know, leave for Des Moines at 11, 11.30. Well, that kept getting pushed back and pushed back. So the end result was leaving Ames in the hotel at about 2.30 to get on a plane that was going to leave at 4. That even got pushed a little bit later. Uh, refueling paperwork issue. I mean, it was, it was just one thing after another, yes. you know? Yep. And so finally landing in um, Oklahoma City 6-ish and then busing back to Stillwater where we pulled into the Gallagher-Iva parking lot about five minutes after 8. Now, that's all crappy, but maybe a silver lining in this is... Wait a minute, did you have to go do the Blitz after that? Well, I was I was adjusting on the fly because okay. my plan was to come back here to Tulsa and we would double box the Blitz. So I'm looking at uh, road conditions, Oklahoma highway conditions, and I see as we are just before we leave Des Moines, I see already that the stretch on the Cimarron Turnpike between Pawnee and the Keystone Lake is labeled as severe. <laughs> oh, no. So so now I'm like, all right, and I'm doing the math in my head, and I thought, here's the only way we're going to be able to do it. If I get back to Stillwater, do it from that app on my iPad from Gallagher. And thankfully, you know, that that was the smoothest thing out of the whole trip. All right. Because Marty Sarge, they helped me with make sure that the right lighting was on in the arena because nobody else was in there. Walk in, and it's just perfectly dramatic lighting, like a spotlight on the on the uh, goal on one end, not the whole house lights, <laughs> which I said, that's, no, that's all I need. So, and Hunziker, when we got back, Hunziker ran and got me some food because he, that's what he does, you know. And so I got in there, and we tested the uh, the shot and the IFB and being able to hear Dean at about 8.15, and then I was able to hammer out the rest of the scripts, and we did the show. But the silver lining in this, other than that, was – there was a long meeting in the team meeting room at the hotel that was players and coaches only. Open discussion was the way it was described to me, but also expectations were heightened. Um, sat through some of the video session of some clips from the game with Iowa State. And let me just say, I'm glad I wasn't a player because no one was immune. Uh, it was very direct. Um, there were there was encouragement thrown in at some points, but the whole thing was, and I'm paraphrasing here, how can you expect to beat anyone with some of these things that are going on? And it's uh, you know, and, and what you what came out of that later before we actually left to go fly back, you could see the interaction between the players had stepped up a little bit. And in a good way. Um, J.V. Haney, by the way, the late, great J.V. Haney, referred to that as fanatical encouragement at one point. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's <was> perfect. <laughs> That's perfect. So so you hope that, in, in, in a weird way, just like the football team losing in Ames in a disappointing fashion, that maybe that this can be some sort of a turnaround. You know, the, the differences are – between football and basketball are, are what they are and differences in personnel and needing young guys to grow up even faster is still a thing. But that could be something you point back to and say, all right, we now the, the focus is narrowed. We understand, okay, this is a lost week. The travel was what it was. But you know what? We, we should have beaten Baylor. And last check, Baylor's still in the top 10 in the country. So 
I mean, we'll see. With with Kansas coming in tomorrow night, we'll see. But um, it was I, – I don't want to have to do that again, personally. Yeah. So this – I'm sorry, dude. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to ask you then, with Kansas being here on Tuesday, how do you gauge what is a proper step forward? Like, from what we've seen so far, is it is it effort in certain areas? Is it – those conversations that they had that seemingly open for debate about a variety of things, like how how do we judge and base improvement from what we've seen the last couple of weeks to playing a team like Kansas on your home floor? I think it goes back to at least one thing we've talked about uh, throughout this season, and that is you know, not wasting as many offensive possessions. But even more important than that, I think it's just – the consistency of the effort and intensity and the aggressiveness for 40 minutes. Okay. I, I think you just kind of, you know, for whatever reason, it's it's not there all the time. I mean, you know, in one play, and Dave and I talked about it when it, uh, and it was brought up in the, in the video study, it's a 20-point Iowa State lead, second half. And there's kind of a loose ball out near, you know, top of the key, between the top of the key and, and the uh, and the center circle. And Keon Williams, who is normally your guy that's on the floor all the time, you know, diving for stuff, the ex- extra effort guy. Taman Lipsy, the guard for Iowa State, who's playing really well, it's a loose ball, and Lipsy's the one diving for the ball. And his team has a 20-point lead. And, you know, Keon didn't dive that time. So that encapsulates as much as anything else – what isn't happening at times and what needs to happen for 40 minutes. When you call a meeting like that, I I generally get the sense that it's either because the coaching staff is feeling a lot of pressure to turn something around or you're you're fearful that you may lose the team because of the lack of success. I mean, do you you think either one of those plays a role in that scenario? Oh, I I mean, maybe on some level, but I I think more than anything else – now you've gotten three games in the league under your belt. There have been some of these issues that cropped up in the non-conference. There's no question. But to get to this point, and I think seeing immediately what's ahead, um, what you're really needing and what you haven't had consistently outside of the aggressiveness for, for 40 minutes, it's hard to figure out who the real leader of this team on the floor is. You've got guys like Bryce Thompson and John Michael Wright who are the more experienced guys and who are good, good young men. And, you know, they're well-liked by their teammates. But even they, when we would talk to them during uh, media day, you know, talking about being more vocal, you know, leading that way, getting in a guy's face – that's really not the way that either one of those guys, it's not their fault. It's just not their personality. And so getting them to maybe lead a little bit more like that, um, you know, Javon Small being new and you know, probably their overall best player in terms of making the right plays and everything, he just he had a really tough game Saturday. They trapped him a lot. They, they, the staff knew that, they were, that Iowa State was going to trap and not just Small, but everybody else. But you know, maybe getting him to take a step forward and and somebody, because it it feels like Keon Williams might be that guy because he's the fanatical effort guy, but Keon's personality also takes him into, uh, you know, he, he, he loves to laugh and loves to 
poke fun with his teammates too. And it's it's somebody at this stage that you want that guys can respond to that will grab a teammate's jersey when they're not doing what they need to do and give some of that fanatical encouragement that you're talking about. So now Kansas on Tuesday, I think the the big thing here is something that we talk about sometimes in football is not allowing one game previously to beat you twice. How about not allowing last week to beat you multiple times? Like, come out and have a good game. And we just watched Kansas have to play probably one of the more complete games that they've had. I don't know. Bill said, hey, that's the best game that we played since UConn at the early portion of the season. So you're catching them at a moment right now where they're coming off of playing a really good complete game against Oklahoma. But for Oklahoma State is you can't allow last week to dictate anything heading no. into to Tuesday night. No, you're, you're right. And I think being back home helps. Uh, I think, uh, you know, Students back? Question mark? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the parking lot, the angled parking lot in front of Gallagher Eye, but last night my car was still the only one there. Okay. <laughs> but normally that's a little more full. Yeah. But yeah, but they're, you know, they're back in okay. classes this week. Um, I think another thing that helps is the, the three holdovers that you have. From last year, understanding, you know, and Bryce Thompson and his history with Kansas. Remember, the game, they, they really, you could argue, they should have won the game in Lawrence last year. And again, that's a different total makeup of the team, but Bryce is a part of it. Bryce started at Kansas, and and then the first half where he lit the Jayhawks up in, in Stillwater in that return match. And if you just get a man out on Grady Dick in the corner right before halftime, then maybe you know, the second half doesn't go the way that it goes. But two very competitive games. Mike Boynton does, you know, happens to have, you know, a particular amount of success against the Jayhawks. There are a lot of new guys, though. Um, at what does, you know, how do they handle Hunter Dickinson and his 7'2", 260-pound frame and the fact that he's really good at getting him – Self underneath a basket where you can't do anything about it. What does that look for, like for Brandon Garrison? You know, still some of the young guys, but but I think you know that they're hungry for any sort of success at the moment. And when you become hungry, you, you almost become like a dangerous animal. Then it's when you have those stretches. Where's your belief level? I mean, can you get it done? Yeah, that that would be the bigger question mark to me. I think they'll play hard. I think they'll, you know, they'll they'll turn it over some because that's the mo. But you know, I think that uh, I think you're fully capable, especially in your home court, of of duplicating what you did against Baylor, and that should have been enough to win. We'll obviously talk about that matchup more tomorrow, John. Uh, before we get out of here, uh, did you have Nick Saban retiring, possibly leading to Oklahoma State having to hire a new offensive coordinator? <laughs> I I did not have that one. Lord knows I had enough time to think through those potential scenarios while sitting in places and waiting on stuff. But uh, no, and that's interesting because you know Casey Dunn's done a good job and has you know that bit of uh, history with uh, Tucson and Arizona. Um, and you know maybe it's time. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's interesting to see one of the things that you hear about Arizona though too. And I'm sure this would be part of if Casey gets to be a finalist or if they offer him the job, whatever happens there, it's going to be part of what he will consider. Um, Arizona, the university's got some got some money problems. 
And, um, you know, from this standpoint, can they find someone that fits their budget and someone who can somehow continue the momentum that Arizona's had to this point? Because that's uh, it's a tough situation for the Wildcats to be in for sure. No question. John, always appreciate you, my friend. Glad that you finally made it back to Oklahoma. And uh, at least tomorrow night, you'll be in the friendly confines of Gallagher Iba Arena. And we'll chat about it at 5 o'clock. Sounds great, guys. That is John Holcomb joining us here on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. Dusty Dvorak is next.